Hi, I'm Michelle Olivier, and you're listening to Hey, I Want Your Job, the podcast that looks at amazing jobs and what it takes to get them. Welcome to Hey, I Want Your Job. And this week, I definitely do not want your job, Hannah. But I have given substantial consideration to hiring your job on a number of occasions, which I believe is the first time I've ever said that in one of these. So Hannah Little, on that somewhat fascinating intro, what is your job Mm. title? I am a virtual assistant and also uh, more recently a virtual assistant coach or mentor. So virtual assistant. Mm. There I cannot even tell you how many things that people think that means and that I have heard people tell me, oh, you should get a virtual assistant to do bookkeeping. You should get a virtual assistant to manage your inbox. You should get a virtual assistant to handle your household chores and scheduling, etc. There seems to be a very wide range of things that, at least in my experience, people have advised me that you would be delighted to do for me in exchange for a relatively low remuneration. So Hannah, tell me what do you actually do? What should people actually hire a virtual assistant to do? Do you know what? We are a multi-talented bunch and actually pretty much everything you said there, you'll probably find a virtual assistant to do that job. Um, But in a more generic sense, it's uh, generally to support business owners with a whole range of tasks that can relieve them uh, from doing it themselves, give them a bit more time freedom, allow them to focus on other areas of their business. And there's a bit of a um, uh, misconception that it's just admin. That's what a lot of people tell me. You just, it's just admin and it isn't, it can be a whole load of things. You can be um, booking restaurants or uh, researching products or Um, taking calls, making calls, emails, sales funnels. It can be really technical. There's a whole variety of things that virtual assistants do. But the primary function is to save that person time, streamline their systems and processes and make their lives a little bit easier. And it can be business owners they work for or they can do, like you touched upon just now, working with uh, busy mums, busy dads, families who need a bit of extra organisation and support in that area. So I am a huge fan of nobody ever being near me physically. Like you cannot (laughs) underestimate how much I prefer for everything in life to be virtual. Saying that, I genuinely struggle to kind of picture how do you do a lot of those things if I can't point or you can't be in the room and ask me a question or at least have some kind of local geographic knowledge, right? If I'm like, hey, I need to, you know, can I get you to book my car in for this and the dog needs to go to the vet? Can you book that for me? And this and this, like, if you don't know where the Nissan garage is, and if I'm having to Google that and give you all that information, I could have just called them in the amount mm. of time that it would have taken me. So how how do you work around and, and bridge that that kind of a gap? So firstly, um, whilst generally for more general tasks, you're not bound by geography. And that's, that's the amazing thing about being a virtual assistant. There's no reason why someone who knows they want a lot of support that's gonna require local knowledge um, can't find a VA in their local area. There are VAs everywhere. So you can go down that route if you want to, but I would say that's a very limited um, situation that you would need to do that because modern technology now and since the pandemic, things have come on so far. There are so many communication methods that you can pretty much tailor it to something that's going to work for the client and for the virtual assistant. You've got Slack and WhatsApp and Zoom and Teams and project management systems that you can communicate on. there's so much out there to help people with the communication side of things and getting messages across and recording their screen in Loom if they need to do a quick tutorial. There's so many things out there to help with that. So you can absolutely find a, a virtual assistant that's local to you if that's if that's crucial uh, to the task that you want doing. 
but uh, I've never found it to be a, a problem in anything that I do for any of my clients that um, I just, we find ways of working that work for them. And uh, once the virtual assistant builds up a strong working relationship with that person and starts to understand their business and what their needs are and their values and how they work, um, it becomes a really strong um, bond and the virtual assistant becomes almost part of their team in moving their business forward. Um, and they can become really um, like a bit of a right-hand man like a real um, vital cog in their in their business so that is a really great point to my next question which is that historically and we even did it at the beginning here when they said people refer to it as just an admin my experience is they ain't nothing just about an admin like <laughs> they are absolutely integral to running the business and the moment that person is not there everybody feels it because all of the wheels come off right? That we may undervalue them, right? We may not, they don't get the big fancy titles or the six figure salaries or right. All of those types of things, but they are no less integral to the working of the operation. Do you find that as a virtual assistant, you, you do get that same kind of dismissive, like, Oh, it's just an assistant. Or do you find that there's something different about you not being there, that means that you do get a little bit more recognition for how important what you're doing is. Do you know what? I'm fortunate, um, and I don't know if this is commonplace within, within the industry. I think it probably is that um, I feel truly valued by all of my clients. They're all small business owners. Um, you know, they, they're pretty much one man or one woman bands. And um, I like to think I bring enough value to them that they... Um, really appreciate it and they ask me for my advice on things and they ask if they can put me on their website as part of their team and uh, you know they um, they'll ask me my thoughts on things that, that I've you know uh, that I've not necessarily advertised as a service but they just want my opinion because you know they know that I understand them and understand their business so I I feel truly valued and I feel really grateful that I can work with a whole variety of those people um and and they ask me you know what do you do with other clients how does this work with other clients and you know um it's a it's a unique situation i think to be able to work with a whole variety of people and feel valued by a whole variety of people and learn from them but also uh they learn from you it's a it's a it's a wonderful experience actually which is why i love my job which is why i'm here <laughs> Which I, I'm always excited when people really love their job. Like, I just think that that is, that's the best. And I love the fact that you loving your job is one of those things that people, because it has is a position that has been dismissed very much in sort of general cultural referencing that I think that it highlights that people can, you can love all kinds of jobs, right? That, you know, it, there are all kinds of reasons to love jobs from all kinds of places, et cetera. Um, I am now going to be just totally self-interested in this. For my next couple of questions. So just bear with me, Anna. How, what in your opinion is like, what is your, if you were going to say that small business owner definitely needs a VA or would definitely, their life would be made easier. First of all, what are like the the key flags that you should look for as a business owner to see? And then second of all, what is the time and financial commitment that you should anticipate going with that? Right. So asking um, for a friend. <laughs> so um, as a business owner, if you feel like you can't keep your head above water and you just feel like you're constantly fighting to get things done, and you're having your time sucked away by emails. It's like a really key one. You're spending hours doing emails, but you're not actually earning any money from that. It's all just the background work um, or hours building a sales funnel or hours on your website trying to do it yourself. Um, and it's taking you away from being with your clients face to face and doing things that can earn you money directly in your business. Then you need to take on a virtual assistant. And what I always say is um, if you're, if you're charging your clients more than you're paying your VA, you're basically earning by taking on a VA because you're paying your VA, whatever, 20, 20 pounds an hour, but actually they're saving you time and then you're charging your clients 30 pounds an hour. It makes absolute sense to take, take on a VA. <laughs> um, 
So that's that's what I would say. A VA can really save you time on those time sucking tasks. Um, also, if you find there's things that you just don't, it doesn't have to just be time saving and things that you can do, but don't have the time for. If there's things you cannot do, if you're just not very designy and you want to do some nice Canva things, but you just can't make them look nice, you can get a VA to do it. If you can't do websites or sales funnels or techie things, it just makes you cringe and scream and want to throw your laptop you can get a VA in to do it. So there's various reasons why a business owner might want to take on a VA. Um, it's interesting term- to me that on. you do a lot of um, you demand generation and funnel filling because that, I mean, that's a huge thing, right? Those are marketing, usually marketing experts, that sort of thing. And that's not something that I would have thought or like the web design stuff. Again, none of those things are things I would have thought go within the VA kind of skill set. So talk to me a little bit more about, you know, the expertise that comes with doing that and, and, and how, how do you know, which be, because obviously not all VAs would be able to do that. And so how do you, how do you find those people that can, and and what does that look like? So the VA market is massive and it's growing exponentially since the pandemic. It's just exploded. And there are probably downsides to that, but the upside is the skills that are coming into it are just numerous. There's so many people coming in with so many different skills and you will get VAs that offer general admin. And that's how I started. I didn't know what a CRM was. I I didn't know what an email marketing system was and I sort of taught myself and I learned on the go and some clients were really lovely and let me learn as I, as I went with them. Um, But you will get people that are very technical and they have a background in, website building and they'll offer themselves as a virtual assistant and they'll also do you know, websites along alongside that as part of that so there's a whole variety of backgrounds but but I'd say probably for most industries you can find a VA who's experienced in that industry um, so my big thing when I'm coaching is is telling my virtual assistants try and niche down try and find a niche don't just offer generic admin to everyone try and find a niche so my niches are education because that's my background and creative industries, because that's also my background. And 80 to 90% of my clients are from one of those two industries. So as a business owner, you can probably find a VA who knows you, your industry, what you do, the terminology, and has the skill set to go along with it. Okay. And then in terms of finding them, it's, uh, you know, I, I say most business owners are members of business groups on Facebook and, you know, boss mums and all these groups on Facebook. So Gem, I see so many posts, people putting putting queries out saying, can anyone recommend me a VA? Um, and that's, a, you know, in the, in, the, in the UK, we've got the Society of Virtual Assistants and they've got listings. Um, so you can go that way. Um, I don't know if there's something similar in America. I'm sure there, sure there probably is. Um, but yeah, Facebook groups, business owners talk, don't they? They recommend. We do, they, yeah. And I mean, I get, I guess for me, the thing is I just get bombarded with mm. people on LinkedIn. Hey, I see you own a company. Do you need a VA? No, piss off. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and like on the 30th unsolicited, you know, LinkedIn post, especially the ones that come that are like grammatically suspect. Right. I'm like, it, it I understand that you're a non-native speaker and that's okay, but also why and the for the love of all that's holy am i going to trust it you to handle my correspondence if your opening volley is not well written um but also i so i think that you know it's one of those areas that unfortunately there's a lot of really kind of subpar actors um out there that probably give the whole thing a bad name because i love the idea that it you know, that I, that with modern technology being what it is, it is difficult for most businesses, I would think, but especially a small business to really justify a full-time administrator of any kind. Mm. And so, you know, having the option to be virtual administrator, to do, you know, virtual part-time work for a number of organizations really helps. So talk to me about that kind of practicality, because I would think that like the, Appeal is absolutely to, you know, stay at home moms or moms of, of young kids who need to make some extra cash, but can't really take a full-time job, et cetera. 
do you work do you have set working hours with your clients do you work as like you just have deliverables that within any you know have an sla that says within any 24 business hours i'm gonna clear your inbox down to fewer than 10 or like how does the that kind of nuts and bolts bit work uh, the beauty, I would say, of being um, from a virtual assistant, well, actually, from both perspectives, from uh, because you were asking earlier about the sort of uh, time commitment of being a business mm -hmm. owner and taking on a VA, but from both sides, it's really flexible. And, um, uh, you know, as, as a business owner, the beauty is that you don't have to employ someone to sit in your office and pay for their overhead they pay for their software and their hardware and their sick days and their holiday pay and all of that and you're paying them for whatever eight hours a day and they're making tea and having a wee and having a chat and checking their Facebook and whatever and they're actually productive for maybe two to three hours but as a business owner hiring a VA you can hire them or take working with a VA you can you can you only pay them for the hours they're actually working and you can tailor it to whatever needs you have at the time. So VAs can be taken on on a project basis. If you have a massive project going on, you need a VA to help with that project, that's fine. On an ad hoc basis, if every now and then you need to contact your VA and say, can you just do this for me? And if they have the capacity, they can do it for you. Or an ongoing sort of retainer basis, you pay a set, set amount of hours a month and they use up those hours. Um, I have clients on all, all kinds of different packages, whatever works for them. But it, you know, it's amazing because it's flexible for me. And it's flexible for them. And you touched upon, uh, like you were saying just now, you know, mums wanting to earn a, you know, a lot of people do it part time. A lot of people do it alongside their employed role, um, either to bring in extra cash or to transition from their employed role because they're wanting more freedom and flexibility and autonomy. Um, but that's the beauty of it. They can scale it up or down as they need to. Um I'm, you know, I'm really honest at the moment. I have two young kids. I say to anyone who inquires, wants to work with me, I say, I have young kids. These are the days I work, you know, uh, and if they're happy with that, they're happy with that. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's really beneficial for both sides of the, both sides of the, of the, of the uh, arrangement. It seems to work really well. Um, so, yeah. In win -win. general, for, because you've been doing this for a while, you have multiple clients. Mm -hmm. So in general, for somebody who is listening to this and thinks, I want to not have 400 messages in my inbox. I want to not be, you know, drowning with general administrative stuff. And it would be great to have somebody who could, you know, update the QuickBooks for me, et cetera. So for truly general kind of admin work like that and, and personal assistant in a professional context, so not booking oil changes, but like handling the business end of things for a small business owner. If you were just going to spitball it, roughly how many hours a week would is should they anticipate they would need? Like ten hours a week as an ongoing contract, or? Gosh, no. I mean, what were you saying? So emails and then some generic sort of admin. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, something like a um, emails. If they've got however many emails, thousands of emails in their inbox, and they want those cleared. That would be on a package, I would say. So people offer inbox detoxes where they'll come in and they'll give you a package quote and they'll clear your inbox for that price. They'll unsubscribe you, they'll sort of put filters in and delete things and whatever. Um, but if it's sort of general ongoing management of emails, I have people that I do, um, I mean, it depends on the size of their business, but I have people that I do two hours a week for. Okay. I have people that I do a lot more than that. So it can be really, you know, small scale. It doesn't have to be um, a huge investment. You know, it can start off really small for a business owner and you can just, you know, plod along and then they can scale it up if they decide this person's really valuable and I want to fully utilize their services. I like that. So I, because in my mind, like there has to be juice in the squeeze for both sides, right? And so to my mind, like from VA's perspective, two or three hours a week, there's not a lot of juice in that squeeze for you. And so I think that that's a good learning point for me that actually, why not? So that makes it a lot more affordable and a lot easier. It's kind of a gateway drug that way. I come for the, the two hours a week and then see how obvious fabulous I am. Stay for the 30 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, it suits it. Go on. I was going to ask, just, do you get clients offering you full-time jobs? Um, I, I don't work full-time at the moment because of my kids. So, um, no, I, I haven't had, 
<laughs> um, I haven't had anyone offer me a full-time job, but do you know what? I was reading earlier a statistic and I wish I'd written it down actually. Um, some crazy number of VAs have been offered a full-time job, have been offered to, you know, because someone sees the value in them, takes them on on a, on a freelance basis and then decides actually, I want to offer you a full-time job. I want to, yeah, I want to take you on. Um, and then it's sort of temp, trying to tempt the VA away from the uh, freelance world and back into the nine to five, which quite often I uh, would say is a difficult task to do because once they've sampled the freelance world and all the benefits that come with it, <laughs> they probably don't want to leave. So it'd have to be a pretty tasty package. <laughs> I think, you know, that's a, so I, I have that. It was the reason I asked. So because I, I work for companies as an internal recruiter, but I'm not an internal recruiter. So if that makes sense. So I get white labeled. So they, I look like their team. I feel like their team. They, you know, the best ones send me swag like their team so that we can all have our shirts on together on Wednesdays. Great. Love it. But I am not their team. And usually there comes this moment where they're like, you're so great. Why don't you just work here forever? And I'm like, because y'all can't afford that, hun. <laughs> And, you know, so that's a big thing, but at the same time, like there's, there, there are other days where you, know, my family has had COVID now three times. Lucky oh. us. Mm. And again, I have small people, so we've had it with everyone. And with my company, like if I don't work, nobody eats because I am the company. And so everybody else <laughs> can go get COVID and I got them. I can cover, but nobody can cover for me. And that's a lot of stress. And, you know, will the world come to an end or my employees starve if I took a week off to be sick? Probably not. But I put pressure on myself to not. And so yeah. there have definitely been moments where I was like, tell you what, if one of them offered today, I'm going to take that job <laughs> and I'm going to be out. Because of like, it's, it is a lot of ongoing pressure. Like the good days are great. And then the bad days are really stressful. So for you, this is like your main income. So that has to be stressful on occasion where you're like, oh, or are you now at a point where it's so consistent that. Do you know what it. I think any business owner is going to have days when it's stressful, because like you've said, you know, it actually doesn't matter how you know how much I don't think how much money you're earning yeah the money pressures are definitely going to play a factor but any business owner is going to have days where things don't go right or they lose a client or unpredictable happens and it all comes back to them but I was thinking about this earlier because I left teaching when I had my kids because I couldn't be the most effective mum to them when I was teaching teaching I found it so incredibly all all consuming and really stressful and the things that were keeping me awake at night were things that I had no control over. So I was getting really frustrated or angry or upset at night about things that I couldn't do anything about because of the hierarchy, the politics, whatever else comes with teaching. Whereas now, most of the things that cause me any stress in my business, if it's significant enough, I can try and make changes. I have autonomy and I have control over most of the things that go on in my business. So I don't find it, even though I have stressful days, I don't find it anywhere near as, as frustrating as I did being a teacher because I can take the steps I need to if things really need to to change um so yeah there are stressful times um of course there are as with any business owner if you're fully invested and you really care about it passionately and you need it um and you want it to work it's going to be stressful at times but I'm uh, um, no you know I think that doesn't that doesn't I can that I can handle that because I have the autonomy I have more control I, I totally get it. I do. And like, I have this go round and round with my team all the time. Cause I'm like, but you don't understand if tomorrow four people wake up and decide I hate Michelle Olivier and I never want to see her stinking face again. We don't have a business. And they're like, okay. <laughs> the odds that all four wake up on the same day, very low. And most businesses like, there is definitely that, right? There is this like, you have main clients, almost nobody has like a 
continual stream of so many individuals that it wouldn't matter, right? Until you're a, you know, a hyper global brand, Coca-Cola does not care if tomorrow we decide to stop drinking Coke. But short of that level, you know, that that's pretty normal. And that that is our ongoing argument. They're like, you really just need to chill. I I don't know. I was hoping you're gonna agree with me, Hannah, and tell me that I don't need to chill because chilling <laughs> is not is not my forte, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I understand I do understand those pressures I think also um, you know as a, as a virtual assistant and in your situation which I know you will do as a successful business owner it's about um, risk management isn't it and making sure you have a variety of clients and that you're not I'm not working 40 hours a week with one client who could leave me tomorrow uh, making sure I have a certain amount of money saved if I need to be sick or have an associate I can hand out work to you do everything you can and put all yeah. the systems in place and then you just have to trust that you've put as many, many systems in place as you can um or be a little bit you know a little bit stressed about it <laughs> if that's how you if that's your jam <laughs> or all of the above all of the above yeah usually yeah yeah more of how to be honest yeah <laughs> and so and the system is a really personal thing especially when it comes to things like inbox management you know, there's, because if they screw it up, like that is your business gets screwed mm -hmm. up, right? And most small business owners, certainly most entrepreneurs are massive control freaks. Obviously, I am not that at all. <laughs> but I know statistically that that is accurate. So it it's really hard to let go and trust somebody to do that tell me about the and and on the flip side from a va i would imagine that some clients are just like too much of an asshole to be worth it right like your expectations are unrealistic your communication is shit and i am out <laughs> so what does the like what is a good and healthy is this a good idea process look like because i feel like a normal interviewing process probably wouldn't get you what you need from that so what does that look like do you know what I um have not yet met a client who was like I'm ready for you to take all this on take it all run with it do what you want you know it's like you said it's their baby I've, I'm exactly the same with my business so it is always um uh, a very delicate process starting to work with a with a virtual assistant um and yeah what you've said about interviews um I actually got a lot of hate the other day on a social media channel because I said virtual assistants should not be doing interviews and people totally misunderstood and they were like how am I going to take on a VA if I can't interview them they're representing my business and I got so much hate for it but actually it was an issue of semantics because what I offer all of my clients and most virtual assistants do is we call it some sort of discovery call where you're both meeting on a level as business owners to have a chat and just see if you click and you gel and you get each other. You know, like you said, I mean, I'm I'm great. I've never come across a, a client who's an asshole. I've never come across anyone who I've really just thought, oh, I can't work with you anymore. All of mine have been lovely. I'm so grateful for that. But actually, you can learn a lot from a half an hour, hour long chat, whatever at the start. Um, just whether you gel with them, whether you get on with them, whether, you know, you, you can understand their ways of working from talking. Um, so that I would say is a is a really important thing to start off with. And as a business owner, if you need to do that with three or four or five different people, then fine. Um, then do it and just see which one you feel the most drawn to. But as a VA as well, and this was my point on the social media channel, it's important for the VA to feel that connection too. Because like you were saying before, you know, before and touching on the fact a lot of people look down on the position or have done I don't think they're doing anymore I think there's a real change coming in the market and that they're coming very very valuable but in the past historically people have maybe looked down on them as, a, as an admin lackey um, and so the VA needs to feel valued and needs to feel like they can add some value and they'll feel you know feel wanted and integral to the business so um, yeah and other than that I'd just say taking baby steps not doing things that push the client too far out of their comfort zone and make them feel like they're losing control I think that's really important, making sure it's working for both people, but that the client doesn't feel like it's all going too fast and it's all, all gotten a little bit out of hand. I can't imagine that whole like easing them in <laughs> would be would make sense. So what um we haven't talked about pay. I would imagine from your conversation from 
the earlier part of the conversation when you were talking about they do everything from updating your web page to doing some demand generation uh, to some marketing stuff. Those are very different price points from a salary perspective. I'm currently hiring for most of those jobs <laughs> and they are wildly different, right? Price points that I pay for those, let alone. So I have one job that I'm hiring for right now. That's a full-time employee as an office manager that is a general admin as well as a little bit of accounting. So the thing that immediately comes to mind to me, at least when you say VA, and that's like 20, 30 bucks an hour. So local purchasing power, basically the same as 20, 30 quid an hour, right? In the UK. Then I have a sort of junior front-end developer to do some website stuff. That's a 90 to 120K role. And then a somebody good at, you know, demand generation from a website perspective, that's 120 to 140K. Like these are big titles and big, pay differentiators so how it seems like a lot to have under one one title of virtual assistant a and b it would seem to me that you would have wildly different rates depending on what their expertise is so how do you communicate that and as a a business how do you budget for what you're looking for so I would say that is where the packages come in. That's why most virtual assistants will offer um, ad hoc rates, retainer rates and package rates. Those are main, your three main. So if you've got a virtual assistant who does a little bit of general admin, they'll offer you know an ad hoc rate of £27 an hour um, or, um, you know, or retainer. You know, some, some VAs will say, um, if you buy 20 hours a month, I'm going to reduce my rate a little bit. Um, there'll be VAs that do that. Uh, and that could cover all your general things, but definitely for the more specialized tasks, um, there's packages. Some VAs advertise them on their website. Some VAs will have to jump on a call with them and have a conversation. But if there's VA, if you're after a VA who does something specialist, social media management, um, website building funnels, all that sort of thing, um, then they would most likely offer you um, a package rate that isn't done hourly because it's, um, it, well, A, it lends itself to that because it's quantifiable. Um, the website is built or whatever um, and B it's um, obviously very very technical and very specialist so um, so that's why VAs have um, various ways of pricing things because depending on the task and the agreement um, it needs an element of flexibility there. Got it. Um, I love it. I was just so fascinated because like none of this occurred to me and I, I love it when I get to learn things um, from these kind of conversations. This is amazing. Um, and so now you weren't satisfied with just being a, a virtual assistant to a bajillion clients. It sounds like now you've decided that in addition to all of that, you are going to start a side hustle to your side hustle um, to coaching other VAs. So Tell me about, about that. Like, how did that come to be? What does that look like for you? And, and who are your ideal clients in that perspective? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it, it sort of happened organically because I'm an ex-teacher, so I love teaching anyway and mentoring and coaching. It, I just love doing that that sort of aspect of it anyway. And I found um, I was really grateful for the fact that I got my VA business off the ground um, relatively quickly and successfully. Um, and then I had people asking me like friends and acquaintances and other people on social media going, how did you do this? And I thought, do you know what? I, I, I would love to help people do what I do. And I, I actually specialize in helping a mums because obviously I'm a mum, and B people who lack self-esteem and confidence because it's a real imposter syndrome is a real issue and people uh people who just feel like they can't overcome that enough to be able to put themselves out there online or offer their services as a virtual assistant even if they have everything it would take they just can't do it and that's my background I've come from that and I still I still deal with that and being a mum and all the juggles of being a working mum so I feel like I'm perfectly placed to be able to help people in those situations and and I love that I don't um in terms of what it looks like I I do uh, like power hours just one off you know if people need a real motivation boost or have a ton of questions they just want to fire at me or I offer extended coaching packages and I'm building an online course a sort of self-paced online course um, because I really I love being a VA um, and now I love that I can help other people to 
set up their own successful VA business and um, uh, and overcome the challenges that I've overcome. I love it. Uh, and so where are you? I'm also fascinated by building a course. Like, what does it look like? Are you using like one of the, the tools and which one did you pick and why? And where do people find that, et cetera? So my course, I'm still writing it <laughs> literally every day on my Instagram. I'm saying it's coming soon. It's coming soon. But I'm juggling, you know, I'm still getting VA inquiries and I, I don't like turning them down. So I'm still taking on more VA clients <laughs> while I'm trying to also focus on my coaching and building a course. So the, the course is keeps taking a backseat and then going back to the start, back to the back to the forefront again. Um, but I deliberately um, set it up because I feel like mum specifically um struggle often to turn up at the same time for a coaching session a group or a one-to-one coaching every night you know the kid um, doesn't want to go to bed or the kids are sick or whatever it's really difficult right so I thought I'll offer another option I really want to put it out there because I feel like it's so valuable for people to be able to buy a course that takes them from zero to like VA VA zero to VA hero um in one and they can take it at their own pace they can do it whenever they want to, whenever suits them, they can work it around the kids. They can take a year or they can take a month. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm working on. That's in the pipeline. Watch this space. I love it. And I like that you have ongoing promises on Insta where you're like, no, really, I swear it's going to be a thing. I promise. Is that the platform <laughs> on which you got in trouble the other day with your comment? No, it, it isn't actually. No, it was TikTok. I get in trouble <laughs> on LinkedIn all the time. So that's one that I am forever in trouble on because I shoot my mouth. So when I bring on clients, one of the things that I always have to say is, hey, great. Mm -hmm." And before we decide to work together, you're probably going to want to go check my LinkedIn and make (laughs) sure that's a thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What you don't want to do is wind up as one of my cautionary tales on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) I never name names, but... I feel but like I've also. got to check out your LinkedIn now. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> not my to-do list. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I I have a lot of issues with the way that we hire people and the way that we get, treat people who get hired um, right now. So, and I'm noisy about it. Uh, pretty unashamedly so. I do. Yeah. I do. And it also, I think like it says, I, as we always tell any of our clients or anybody I'm always on brand Hannah always (laughs) because I am exactly and unapologetically me in every single situation and I think that people hear that and like they don't really think it so like I've had people who be like oh my god I loved your like podcast or oh I saw you on LinkedIn do this thing I thought you were so funny and so cool and like you're exactly like that when I'm like yes because I'm always just exactly me which also I I know like yeah no I am just as likely to tell you to fuck right off like in a (laughs) one-to-one as I am to say that in a panel like it's always just me just me that's a good way to be you know and I think that it um I think that there's a lot of confidence that comes as a woman in particular as you've been around a few blocks um and I think also for me as a mom like I got to this place where like I have these two beautiful boys and um as you were talking earlier I spent 10 and a half years in England and I literally had reviews that told me I was too American by which they meant that I was gobby um and a bit loud oh, my oh for real um I literally had more than one meeting that I intentionally did not speak for the entire meeting and came out from the meeting and was told that I had been rude and dominating in the conversation. And I was like, here's the thing about that. I really wasn't because I didn't talk. I'm sure you did. No, no, I did not. And and it was, it's been consistent and I've had similar things over here. So it's not just England, but I mean, like I've had very, and women in general come across this, right. That like when women are bullshy or gobby, well, that's a real problem, right? That we need to be nice. We need to be demure. 
we need to be ladylike. With men, they're like they're you know, very take charge and you're very directive, and I it's bullshit. But it definitely, for most of my career, really kind of kept me in my place, as it were. And then I got to this place where I kind of looked down and I was like, what am I modeling for my boys? Mm. That this is how we treat women? That this is the expectation? Oh, hell no. Mommy's just going to be mommy. (laughs) When they hear mommy on work calls, she sounds exactly like she does when she's talking to them. And it's exactly like, like, it's just always exactly mommy. And they are fascinated by the fact that mommy is the boss. They talk to all people like, is my mommy your boss? <laughs> First of all, please don't ask. They, they're very confused when they talk to my business partners. They're like, but mommy's really the boss, right? And they're like, well, your mom's the face. And they're like, that's the most important part, right? I'm like, no, please don't. Please, please stop. I love it. Wherever this is going, we don't want to be there. <laughs> uh, kids just say what they're thinking, don't they? They do. They say exactly what they think about that. And I love Good. it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so how do you, because you just admitted that you're not good at telling clients no, mm. which is something else that we have in common, Hannah. My mm-hmm. partners, again, will tell you. We come out of client meetings and they're like, why did you agree? I was like, we got this. We can sleep as for when we're dead. It'll be fine. Um, but you also said you have days that you don't work, that you're a mom first. How, how do you do that? Like, how do you maintain that balance and keep those boundaries for yourself, let alone for your clients? That's a great question. Um, also, before I forget, I want to say, um, I feel like this is the rise of the um in terms of what you were saying about um emails and like uh you know historically and the and the issues women have faced in the workplace. Um, this is the rise of the female business owner. All my clients currently are, are female business owners, not not through my choice, just because they they've all approached me, right? I would never say no to a man for that reason for them being a man. Um, but but I, but it's so inspirational to work with other powerful female business owners right it's such a lovely movement to be a part of I love it but anyway I digress I just wanted to say that <laughs> yeah, um, but in terms of the boundaries yeah um, it's um, difficult to switch off isn't it being a, a business owner but I wanted to say um, and, and, and it totally um, is in line with what you were saying with your boys seeing you being a boss um, I love that my kids are seeing me build an empire I love it. They don't see me disappear off to an office and do whatever they don't, will never know about and then come back home and say, mommy earned some money, right? They do. I don't, I don't work in front of them. I don't like to sit and work when I should be engaging with them, but they, you know, they hear me taking calls. They see me on meetings. They see me on my computer. I talk to them about what I'm doing and I just love, they get to see me working hard for something I'm really passionate about. And I really hope it instills it in them. And it's an alternative way of working. It's something that's completely op- uh, an option for them if they decide to go down a similar route I just love it um but in terms of setting the boundaries it's really important and um I I just make sure that um definitely with my clients I you know I have to I have to manage expectations sometimes it's like you were saying you know I take on clients and they they find they value me and it's a lovely working relationship but then sometimes they want more and they want more um and I just find that a friendly reminder of of my contract and my terms goes really well as long as I'm friendly they're all business owners my clients they all get it they're all women business owners they totally understand the balance and so if I say look it's in my contract I'm not sure I can turn this around in 24 hours notice you know you need to give me more than 24 hours notice for a project like this um but I'm friendly about it and I've never had a bad reaction to that so I think it's really important to to manage the expectations of clients and set clear boundaries there. Um, you know, I have my working hours on my contract. Um, if I choose to work outside of those working hours, that's my choice. But on my contract, these are my set hours. Um, and yeah, I try and have phone downtime, like put my phone away, not be on my phone when I'm out on a family day with the kids. You know, I'm just enjoying it. I, I, I deliberately uh, 
you know, turn off certain notifications or I don't use WhatsApp for business. I just don't. I know loads of people do, but I just want to keep that. I don't want to open up WhatsApp and reply to my friends and see a message from a couple of clients that I'm going to stress about. So it's about doing what works for you, but making sure you put things in place for your clients and also put boundaries in place for yourself so that you're not all consumed by it all the time. I love that. So I am really, I tell all of my clients, I'm like, I do not work on weekends. I do not work in the evenings because that's mommy time. Mm -hmm. And I do not have your work email or Slack on my phone. So whatever it is, my favorite is I also, I have two phones. I have a work phone and a personal phone for exactly what you're talking about. And my clients forget <laughs> that like, they feel like we're friends and that they know me. And so I had a while back, I had a stomach bug for a day and I, I missed a day. And one of my clients, I, my, my team told them like, Hey, Michelle's out today. She's not feeling well. Totally freaked out, Hannah. Because he texted me to be like, oh, hey, heard you're not well. Is everything okay? And I did not respond because he texted my work phone, which was sat at my desk, nowhere near the bedroom where I was laying and feeling sorry for myself. And so the next day when I was back, I was like, oh, hey, man. Yeah, I'm cool. Thanks. And he was like, oh, thank God. I was going to call. I was like, dude. <laughs> We're not that close. <laughs> like, <laughs> boundaries, my man. Boundaries. Like, love that you care, but yeah. also rate yeah. it in. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I totally hear you. And I think that there's so many little tricks like that, but it is, it's still hard for me. Yeah. The kids catch me at the weekend like, uh, mama, it is the weekends and mm. you are not supposed to be working. And I'll be like, I also order pizza on this computer. They're like, oh, that's okay. You need help. That's allowed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, in that case, I'm going to let it slide this time. <laughs> like, it's also <laughs> just my computer voice. Like, you know, <laughs> sometimes. It has other uses. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. I feel you. <laughs> but also. <laughs> And I love also empowering them because like, I know when I was a kid, you parent, and I don't know what your experience was, but like with my parents work was sacrosanct. Like if mommy and daddy had to go to work, like that was just it. Like they went to work and there was no, of course, you know, I'm old. So it was pre-mobile phones and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, but like they would go to work and then that was it. Like there was no reaching them. There was no arguing with that. If you wanted to do something and they had to work, that was just, you know, tough. Like that was yeah. what that was where my kids are like, well, well, wait a minute. Like, let's negotiate on this. Yeah. You seem like you're at work, but also I noticed that the clock says 630. That means it's time for you to not be working mama. And I'm like, why well, you gotta be smart and cute. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important, you know, that kids understand. And I wonder and this is just me kind of getting airy fairy, but I'm hoping I'm going to drag you along with me on this one, Hannah. I am hoping that we are raising a generation of people who are much more aware of the need for balance and are yeah. much more disinclined to the old model of living to work instead of working to live. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And I think the, the heightened awareness now surrounding mental health um, you know, there's still a lot of catch up to do, like men's mental health. There's still so much work to do. There. But actually, there is so much more awareness um, about it already and people being able to talk about it and people being able to talk about the triggers and work is absolutely tied in with that. And so, um, yeah, I think I think I would hope our children are, you know, are much more aware of that and much more aware of their triggers and their feelings and when something doesn't feel good and whatever. Um I think that's really important. And I think it's particularly important because of this movement towards working virtually and working from home. It's, it's you know, it's there all the time. It's so easy to just be on your social media doing business stuff um, or on your social media not doing business stuff. And, to, and, and it's so important to be aware of how that's making you feel and aware of when you need to switch off. So, yeah, I would hope it's going to be difficult because, you know, they're surrounded by all the time. 
hi we were just talking about you <laughs> speaking up there we go <laughs> as if by magic um so yeah that's I'm not totally magic that one's legend magic still in school <laughs> my kids names are magic and legend so are they yeah really yeah oh that's mad that's amazing <laughs> i love that so I yes that was legend just now <laughs> That is amazing. Oh, I love unusual kids' names. That's so cool. I love it. <laughs> you know, I am such a judgy bitch that I'm the mom that like when I when somebody other mom does something I'm like, ugh, yeah, I'm sure little precious willow bark or whatever can possibly eat a peanut. And my friends will be like, I mean, you know your kids <laughs> are called magic and legend, right? Like you know <laughs> you are you heard that, that right? Mom. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> But I'm not because like they're they're like, no, 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 no. Like you can get on your horse about like all kinds of stuff, but not about some weird ass kid names. Like that's definitely you. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I love it. Absolutely my love mom wanted names. to name my oldest Gandalf. So I did at least save him from that because there is like there's that <laughs> is like magic is at least quirky enough to be fun and cool. Right. Like but Gandalf, like there's no coming back from that. Fine. That was the that was the limit. Yeah. <laughs> Mom. Uh, she was like, I mean, or Boromir. I'm like, we're not naming the children from Lord of the Rings. Like, that's not gonna be a thing. <laughs> we're not going down. We're not opening that can of worms. It's not happening. No, okay. no Tolkien names, yeah. straight up. <laughs> anyway, on that note, yeah. Um, we are almost out of time. So what have I not asked you that I should have asked? um just that if anyone would like to um, see more about what I do um or they're interested in the world of virtual assistants um I'm really active on Instagram it's um at apex VA UK on on Instagram and on Facebook I have a Facebook group for um well, um people who want to be a virtual assistant that's the virtual assistant power academy um and i have my website apex va uk all the information's on there um but i'm yeah i'd love to have people come and see me over on my instagram and laugh at my ridiculous reels um and just come and see what it's all about and see if they share my passion for what i do i'm so excited i can't wait to go check out um said ridiculous reels i think they're gonna be a real laugh so thank you so much this has been amazing and i have enjoyed every second of this this is great thank you so much hannah Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to Hey, I Want Your Job. For more information on how you can get your own awesome job, visit ONH Consulting at www.onhconsulting.com. We offer incredible resumes, no-nonsense career advice, and real-world tips for landing a job in today's market. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta for more insider information. Soon, you'll be hearing us say, I'm Michelle Olivier, and hey, I want your job. <laughs>